From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Our guest today is Greg Doolan from the Doolan on Crenshaw. He's a West Coast chef and restaurateur who's serving up soul food in Los Angeles on a daily basis. We'll talk about his start, his success, and how he mixes palm trees and collard greens. Also, with Jackson's Food Truck Friday this week, we want to hear from you on your favorite food trucks or food truck experiences. Join the show with your phone call this morning, 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Our guest today is Greg Doolin from Doolin on Crenshaw. He's a West Coast chef and restaurateur who's serving up soul food in Los Angeles on a daily basis. We'll talk about his start, his success, and how he mixes palm trees and collard greens. Also, with Jackson's Food Truck Friday this week, we want to hear from you on your favorite food truck or food truck experiences. Give us a call this morning. Our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464, or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, good morning, Deborah. Hope that, that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I had an incredible weekend, and I'm happy to see you today. So, how was your weekend? Good. Uh, played uh, played some tennis. So <clears throat> played tennis on Saturday. So by Saturday afternoon, I was limping around and could barely walk. Oh. But uh, it was a lot of fun. If you're <laughs> going to get that sore, you might as well have fun doing it. You so might I as certainly well have did. fun doing it. Absolutely. Well, I had the great honor on yesterday, Kevin, of preparing a delicious meal for our guest today. And so let me tell you a little bit about the menu. We started off with a black eye pea soup, a spicy black eye pea soup. Wow. That was served with a brown sugar and rosemary cornbread. Oh, boy. Then we had a cucumber salad. And then I finished the dish with uh, a smashed potato that had a sausage and crawfish gravy. How about oh, that? Oh, wow. That sounds very good. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk to our guest, uh, Greg Dolan, in just a minute. But uh, first, uh, you brought in something extremely delicious this morning. So tell us about it. It is called Peach Cobbler Pound Cake, Kevin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's the perfect Southern marriage. You've got <laughs> Pound Cake and Peach Cobbler. They got together and had a child. <laughs> it's just absolutely fantastic. It's a wonderful cake. Literally, there is a peach cobbler right on top of this cake. And it was very good. It's got that moist stuff that makes the good pound. I don't know what it is or whatever, but that's one of the things I love about pound cake is that what is that? Just the moisture. I, I had to explain that for me. I, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, it's because I put my fingers in it. Kevin. Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not like stepped on it or stepped in it. or no, that's, this, uh, is, this is similar. It's similar. <laughs> 
similar, not, not quite the same. But yeah, I kind of put my finger in and I stir really slowly. So yeah, it's a lot of love and magic that goes into cooking cakes. And you know, and one of the things I talk about, even though we have all of this, you know, new modern technology, and I'm sure as the business grows, we'll have to do that. But right now, all of my products are handmade. I literally have a wooden spoon that I stand in the kitchen for hours, Kevin, and I just, <laughs> but I love doing that. And I know it's it's time consuming, but I just, I just have this idea that the magic of love goes into everything that we cook at Cooking with Honey and Friends. Uh, I need a shout out to uh, Frank of Jackson, one of our, our regular callers here. He was the one that uh, originally uh, turned me on to the spiralizer, and I have had so much fun using that and in it. Hey, uh, Frank. Making the zucchini pasta, and it's a great uh, dinner, and it's helping me as I'm trying to trying to lose weight. I, I got put on a high blood pressure medication on uh, my last visit to the doctor, so I'm, I'm really working hard to, to modify my diet and, and, and eat better, and so uh, that's a very simple way to do it, and it's so good. I would recommend anybody uh, that likes zucchini and, and you know might want to invest in a spiralizer to try that uh, pasta because it really is uh, tasty. It's real simple to make. Absolutely, Kevin, and I'm so proud of you. I get to see some of your posts where you're cooking and chefing it up, and I said, look at my Monday morning, man. <laughs> you're just amazing. That's wonderful. It's fun to, to me to, to go in the kitchen. You know, it's the idea of you're taking all these raw ingredients and everything and mixing them together and coming up with something it's it's a lot of fun and and you know usually most of the time the the, the results are are good to eat as well well you know it's like art and, and, and it gives you a chance to be creative and, uh, you know, add your own flair to whatever a recipe is. And then when you're finished and people can eat it, it's always pretty cool. And, you know, today is Frozen Food Day, National Frozen Food Day. So that's interesting. You know, what I, th- what I was thinking about this when I saw the script is what, uh, to me, what really has uh, revolutionized frozen foods are those steam-in-the-bag things that you can get at the grocery store where you just throw the bag in the microwave and it steams the, the vegetables right there uh, because, uh, again, that's uh, makes it a lot easier. And, again, that's uh, with my efforts to try to eat better, I always want to hit, hit up the frozen food aisle and get some uh, broccoli or something. And I got uh, one thing today or the other day. It's... Uh, a new mixture. I can't remember what's in there, but it had all sorts of interesting ingredients, so I was going to try that. So a lot easier than, you know, the old block thing that you got to put in there and boil and that sort of thing. So I, I'm a big fan of those steamer bags. So immediately, <laughs> my favorite frozen food was popsicles. <laughs> Go figure, right? I was like, yeah, it's frozen po- popsicles. <laughs> That's a whole other story there. <laughs> If you'd like to call in and join our conversation this morning, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, Deborah, let me give you the honors of introducing our guest this morning. Well, I want to say to everybody in Mississippi, we are very honored to have Greg here today. He is, again, the owner of a very famous restaurant in California, and we're going to let him tell us all about that today. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. Really good to be here. Good to have you here. In live, in person. I am in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> is this your first trip? Uh, this to- is my first trip, and I got to tell you, it's been wonderful so far. So tell us about uh, the Doolin on Crenshaw. Well, uh, before I do that, I have to give you a little bit of our family history. Okay. My family's been in the restaurant business in Los Angeles for about 40 years. Oh, wow. Uh, my dad started out with a little hamburger stand called Hamburger City, and later decided he wanted to do something different. And so he started selling collard greens and fried chicken and black eyed peas. And, uh, boy, we, uh, we left the hamburger business, and we haven't looked back. Mm. 
So how does collard greens and fried chicken, a Mississippi delicacy, end up in California of all places? Well, you know, one of the things I like to say is that everybody loves soul food. And, you know, you have Southerners everywhere. Uh, Believe it or not, there are a lot of Southerners in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, they're looking for their, their soul food. And we we provide that. We've been doing that for about 40 years in Los Angeles. And uh, it's uh, it's been really good for us. Well, you know what I say. If it wasn't for Southerners, the rest of the world wouldn't know how to cook. I'm just saying. <laughs> so how do you define soul food? Well, you know, soul food was a term coined in the 60s. Uh, you know, as a as a way to have pride in the food that uh, African Americans prepared at the time, and it's just food that that uh, that we have traditionally made since you know hundreds of years, I guess. Uh, that uh, that encompasses the collard greens and the, the the candy yams and the black eyed peas, and you know, it's just good, good home cooked food, and and everybody eats soul food. It's just not. It's not just an African American food. It's uh, you know. It's it, it, everybody loves soul food. And I think it's the very definition of comfort food. I would say. You know, these are things that we we go to that really you know comfort food, comfort to us. That's exactly right. Yes. To add to the soul food story a little bit, uh, Greg. Literally, the the first time that this the term soul food was heard was during a Baptist minister preaching in the 1920s and he was talking about the bible and why he was preaching as the word of god and he said it was soul food meaning it was comfort food to your soul Mm -hmm. well fast forward to the 60s you know there was this huge uh, you know revolution and movement going on and there was this whole idea of being soulful and earthful and so that's what soul food really is is that thing that brings you comfort it's taking uh things from the really from the salt of the earth and turning it into something really, really amazing. And believe it or not, today we're going to take Greg on a tour. One of the places that he gets to stop at is Big Apple Inn. We right. had them on Gino last week. Hey, Gino! <laughs> we had him on last week, and he allowed me to harass him a little bit, so I really appreciate <laughs> that. So, absolutely. If you're listening this morning, we've got some open phone lines. So if you have a question for our guest, uh, Greg Doolin, or if you uh, want to tell us about your favorite kind of soul food to eat, or as we mentioned, it's a food truck Friday in Jackson this week. If you have a food truck experience or a favorite food truck that you'd like to tell us about, let us know. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, Greg, uh, Deborah mentioned you're going to the Big Apple Inn. Have you ever had a pig ear sandwich before? I have not. <laughs> and I'm not convinced I'm going to have one today. Uh, trust, but, trust me, Kevin. He's going to have to eat a little bit. I'm but, you. Uh, you know, I may eat around the edges, but I'm really interested <laughs> in seeing that. Um, yeah, they, they talked about that on the plane over here, as a matter of fact. So, it's going to be quite something to see. So I'm looking at your menu here. This is really crazy because what does a Californian know about fried chicken, smothered chicken, baked chicken, meatloaf, pork chops, I mean, vegetable place, oxtails, short ribs. Oh, my God. I'm having a Forrest Gump moment here, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Southern food. You know, people get excited about Southern home cooking. I mean, they, they get excited about going to a, a, a soul food or a Southern home cooking restaurant. And, uh, you know, 
All of these things that you just read off that people say they're not supposed to eat, let me tell you, people are eating it, and they love it, and it's very, very popular. Well, one one of the um, things that I say quite often, because Frank is one of our favorite callers, and he's always, you know, trying to straighten me out a little bit. But what I tell people, you know, is it's to live your life, your whole life in moderation. You know, when you're eating these amazing foods, because they are amazing, your life can't just be food, Greg. It has to be loving your family, is taking uh, great walks. It was something I shared with you yesterday, you know, growing up here in the South. As a little girl, my grandmother would walk her friends a piece away home. Kevin, I don't know if you've ever heard that expression, but literally we lived out in the in the rural area in the country. And so, you know, the neighbor lived three miles away. She would walk over during the daytime to spend some time with my grandmother in the morning. And in the evening, right at sunset, we would walk them old folk would say a piece away home on a, you know, on a long gravel road. And you would, it was unusual to see two women, you know, just being very kind and laughing and kids right there in tow and they're sharing secrets, but we shared a meal in between time and it was just amazing. So, you know, you have to really, when you're having a food experience, because food is going to outlast technology, it's going to outlast anything that we can think of because it's a human need, but it should be done with love and with the expression of really living your whole life. And, you know, that's why I'm here, because it's one thing to, to just cook soul food, but soul food has a feeling. And one of my hobbies is traveling around the country and visiting soul food restaurants and tasting the food, but also getting a, a feel of the atmosphere, the southern hospitality. And there's a place that I like to go to in Atlanta called The Beautiful and I love the beautiful restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia, because they have it down as in terms of Southern hospitality. And I was there a few years back, and I was talking to one of the owners, and he said, you know, Greg, macaroni and cheese is macaroni and cheese, but it's how you make people feel that counts. Absolutely. And that's, that's, though, that's what I try to go out and capture and bring back to Los Angeles. Not just the food, not just the recipes, but the feeling that is created by, you know, the soul food environment and, and the whole Southern atmosphere. So that's that's the whole thing. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue uh, on Deep South Dining. We've got some phone calls to get to and some open phone lines. So if you'd like to join in this morning, the number is one mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 We'll be back with more after this. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. California Love. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you. 
Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with our guest, Greg Doolin of Doolin on Crenshaw, West Coast chef and restaurateur who's here visiting Mississippi. And so he's in studio with us this morning. Looks like we've got some phone calls on the line to get to. So why don't we start with Frank from Jackson? Good morning, Frank. Hey, Frank. How are you doing today? Fantastic. How are you? All right, I got five things. Number one. No, you only have four things, Frank, today. I love the little musical riffs that our female co-host gives us in the morning. Good morning, Kevin. I just love that. I just love that. Number two, uh, uh, Kevin said you like spiralizers. The next thing you need to try is jicama. Okay. Spiralize the jicama and eat it raw. All right. The third thing is soul food. People don't want to remember, don't remember that soul food was basically the food of slaves and poor whites in the South. Because the products that we had in soul food were the least desirable products you could have. Absolutely. Exactly. The, uh, the chitlins, the snout, the ears, the feet, even chickens were not thought of as a very high class food. So uh, there's a lot of history and, and pain and uh, ingenuity that goes along with cooking soul food, which is why when that uh, preacher in the 20s said it was soul food and he went down and named some of the things, that was to give credibility to the food that we were eating because the uh, the higher class whites, and believe me, there weren't that many of them. I mean, poor whites and, and slaves, uh, we were pretty much in the same barrel in a lot of different cases. Uh, so even, um, you know, chicken and watermelon and grits and, and uh, all kinds of uh, turnip greens and collard greens, these were not considered high-quality foods. So when we say that this food is cooked with the heart, there's a lot of history that goes along with it. And I love the show and keep talking about that bad. <laughs> Frank, I love you. Every now and then because it is so good. All right. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for the call, Frank. Uh, let's uh, move on. We've got uh, Tommy is in JS this morning. Good morning, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Good morning. Go I'd like to ask Miss Deborah a question. Okay, go ahead. Is she on Facebook? Absolutely. We have a page on Facebook entitled Cooking with Honey and Friends. Please follow us there. We are also on Instagram and YouTube under the same name, Cooking with Honey and Friends. And if you like to, because I, I love making friends, send us a friend request at Deborah Hunter on Facebook. You'll see the Mississippi Public Broadcasting emblem, The More the Merrier. Well, thank you very much. Another uh, comment. If your cooking is half as good as your life or enjoyable, it's got to be great. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank I love you. To hear you laugh. All right. Thank you. And, uh, Tommy, I can vouch and say that's absolutely the case. So appreciate the call. <laughs> thank uh, let's you. move on. We've got uh, Scott and Pascagoula's up next. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Fantastic. How are you today? Good. Y'all eat good over the weekend? Oh, my gosh, did we? <laughs> good news. What do you have for uh, us today? I, I haven't heard anybody mention fried chicken livers. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Love fried chicken livers. Love them. There you go, brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can I get some hot sauce with that? That's all i got to say. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it's one of those things you either love them or hate them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're delicious. Absolutely. There's a place in New Orleans called the French Connection that oh. makes fresh fried chicken livers with pepper jelly. Ooh. 
and it is fantastic. Wow. <laughs> well, I've got a, the French connection. I'm, I'm writing that down. All right. No, I'm sorry, the Pauline connection, and it's on French. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Oh, yeah. I've been there a couple I of times. Great restaurant in, in New Orleans, the Praline Connection. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, uh, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Any restaurant that has the word praline in it has got to be worth going into at least once. I know that. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. That's a great restaurant. <laughs> oh, it's busy on the phones. We love it. Uh, next up is Timothy, our buddy from Louisiana. Good morning, Timothy. Hey, Timothy. Good morning. Well, I, I haven't always been in Louisiana. I worked out west, and I trucked into L.A., and I used to go to this place back before the Rodney King riot, you know, mm-hmm. um, called Ruthie's Soul Food Palace on Slauson. Okay. It had the best food, period. Yes. Period. I don't yeah. care where you were, period. It was just the best food. You know, it was all cooked by old black women. And I'm talking old black women. Old black women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where you're going to get some of the best food. Absolutely. Unfortunately, they they're not around anymore. But they were wonderful, a, a wonderful yeah, I, establishment. Yep. I, I didn't even know they had a menu for the first year that I went in there. I just went in and I sit down at the counter, and they put food in front of me. <laughs> oh boy. And, and I'm in there one day, and I see this guy got a menu. <laughs> it's like I got choices, right? <laughs> yeah. But I got to say something about um, macaroni and cheese. Okay. No, macaroni and cheese starts with butter, flour, and cream. You got to get that okay? real right. Real and real cheese, okay? Yes. Real cheese. It don't come out of a box anywhere, <laughs> Okay. They should be arrested for false advertising. <laughs> yeah. Put that on that box, you know. All right, that's all I got to say. Y'all have a groovy one. You too, and Timothy. I hope, and I hope you enjoy your stay here in the South and carry something good back with you. Oh, yeah, I've got some good things to take yeah. back already, and it's been wonderful. All right. Good to hear from you, Timothy. Thanks for the call. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's been a busy day on the phone lines. We'd love to hear from you this morning. We're visiting with Greg Doolin of Doolin on Crenshaw, a West Coast chef and restaurateur who's here visiting the South. He serves up soul food in Los Angeles on a daily basis, so you know he's got to come to where soul food originated and get a taste of, of the real stuff down here. So if you have a question for Greg or if you want to talk about your favorite kind of soul food, or as I mentioned, Food Truck Friday's coming up in the Jackson area this week. If you've had a favorite food truck or food truck, Truck experience you'd like to share with us. The phone lines are open at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Back to the phone lines we go. Mary's calling in from Braxton. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good to hear from you. Oh, it's good to talk with you. Uh, I used to want to make a comment about the fellow who was talking about soul food being the a uh, cheaper cut. Uh, every a place that I know of uh, that has uh, some specialty from the uh, common people, that's the one that eventually gets to be the highest price. Uh, the sauces in uh, France, I uh, hear, were used to cover up the fact that they didn't have any way to keep the meat from uh, going sour on them. Uh, and uh, the thing that we know, know most about uh, Mexican food is tacos. And that's that's not any uh, uh, highfalutin uh, thing that started with. It started with uh, corn chips and, and 
and the uh, roundup meat that they had left from whatever they were cooking. Well, I think I think uh, Mary, you know what's really wonderful is is that. Um, you know, most of the folks in the world are just ordinary, common people, everyday people. And so to keep things simple, I mean, that's the way the earth is designed. You know, it's it's to keep it basic becomes very delicious. And you're absolutely right. Uh, the more that uh, something becomes uh, popular and uh, someone can find creative ways to uh, create more expense, they will. But what I found uh, locally with most soul food restaurants is, you know, it's not uncommon to get a meal for $10. And that, you know, when you think about you're going to get some some meat, some vegetables, and it's usually two or three on the plate, and you get some bread and something to drink, and someone else has prepared it for you, for 10 bucks is not a bad deal. So, but keeping things simple around the world is what everybody does, not just here in Mississippi, but you can leave here, and you could go to Africa, or you could go to China, and you could go to Italy, and what you'll find is that people are going to keep things really simple because um, most of us are just common folks, and we like it that way, you know? You know, so I think to me it's a bit ironic, too, that, you know, again, we talk about this was food that sort of the leftovers, the stuff that other people thought was undesirable. But what a what a tribute to the for people who found this food and, and made a way to taste, make it taste good. And now it's something that people a special thing that people, you know, really uh, strive for. And it's become popular uh, among foodies, I think. So I think that's a real testament to folks who took what they had and, and made the best of it and made some really good food out of it. The problem is, however, that soul food is becoming harder and harder to find. Uh, the traditional, uh, say, hole-in-the-wall restaurant, if you will, that we've uh, all known had had the best food, they're actually disappearing. And, uh, you know, I was speaking to restaurant owners about that recently. Um, good home-cooked soul food restaurants are not as as uh, prevalent as they as they as they once were. And so uh, that's a that's something that we're 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 looking at and uh you know so we we have to keep that tradition alive and that's what we try to do in Los Angeles. I think one of the things that happens with that too Greg is that you know we're no longer uh as a whole farming anymore and and so uh it used to be a, a lot of times what you would have these little hole in the walls it was somebody that had a farm you know and they would bring fresh stuff in but when you have to you know now go to the market and the prices sometimes you know, a lot higher when you have a smaller business and not a chain, it becomes economically harder to sustain. And especially if you're trying to stay true to the the taste and style of food that you, you know, like um, Timothy was saying, you know, you don't want to use the box products, but you really want to use a real cheese and you want to use real eggs and butter and those kind of things. They can become a more costly. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it harder for the mom and pop businesses sometimes to be sustainable. And running the business has gotten a lot more challenging. Uh, all of our costs are going up. Uh, labor is going up. Rents are going up. You know, it used to be if you could cook, you could open up a place, start cooking good food, and people would just come. But now you have to be a good business person. Now you have to know how to market your business. You have to know how to control your costs. You have to know how to, you know, bring people in. And, you know, if you're not good at that, just having good food is not going to be enough to, to sustain you. We need to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to ask uh, Greg about Aunt Kizzy's back porch. That and your phone calls on Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Got some open phone lines, so call in with your questions and comments. The number is one mpb ring Our phone number is one 877 
672-7464, or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Back with more of the program after this. standing member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with our guest, Greg Doolin of Doolin on Crenshaw, a West Coast chef and restaurateur who serves up soul food to the folks in Los Angeles. And he's here uh, in Mississippi visiting and, and sampling some of Mississippi's soul food. So we've been talking about that. If you have a favorite soul food story or a recipe or, or taste that you'd like to share with us, or if you have a question about uh, operating a restaurant in Los Angeles, or as I mentioned later in the uh, week, it's fruit trip. Truck Friday. So if you have a favorite food truck, lots of things to talk about. Open phone lines at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Back to the phone lines in just a minute. But first, Greg, tell us about Aunt Kizzy's back porch. Oh boy, Aunt Kizzy's back porch. Before I tell you about Aunt Kizzy's back porch, I get give you a little family history. Okay. Uh, my parents, Adolph and Mary Doolin, left their good paying. Los Angeles County jobs and opened a little hamburger stand called Hamburger City. Mm-hmm. They later transitioned from the hamburger business to the soul food business. And we were thinking about a name, thinking about a name, and the miniseries Roots had just ended. Mm-hmm. And they thought about it, and, and they named the, the restaurant Aunt Kizzy's Back Porch. And um, it took off. We were in an area in Los Angeles called Marina del Rey, California, which is on the west side near the near the ocean. And there had never been a soul food restaurant on that side of town. And before we knew it, we had all types of celebrities coming, athletes. I remember one night we were closing and we got a call from Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> oh, wow. And she asked us to open the restaurant. And she pulled up in a limousine, and it was just her and a couple of folks. And she came in, and we fried her some fresh fried chicken. And, uh, you know, just a number of stories. Dick Van Dyke, uh, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Stevie Wonder. We just became known as the soul food place in the city of Los Angeles. And the restaurant became very, very famous. And so um, that's where I got my start. And I actually started out working in the restaurant and later started on Kizzy's Catering Service, which eventually became Doolin's on Crenshaw and Doolin's Soul Food Restaurant. 
So was this something uh, that is from a child? Were you always interested in, in food and cooking and that sort of thing? Well, see, now, Kevin, that, <laughs> that's getting a little fun. sensitive now. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I didn't have a choice. You know, <laughs> when my dad started the uh, hamburger stand, uh, he made us go to work. And, uh, you know, I was a, a teenager, maybe 12 or 13 years old. And my job was to roll the hamburger patties in the hamburger stand. Uh, stand. So we actually rolled our hamburger patties by hand and we flattened them out. And so when you cooked the hamburgers, it was a real home cooked hamburger. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt like something you were cooking at home. So, you know, I would roll hundreds and hundreds of these patties. <laughs> and I and I used to say, man, when I grow up, I ain't going to never, <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I will not be making my living cooking hamburgers and fried chicken. <laughs> that I know. And, uh, you know, here I am cooking hamburgers and fried chicken for a living 40 years, 50 years later. Now, what's funny is he's as happy as SpongeBob at the Krabby Patty making these patties. That's what's so funny. That's time to make burgers. And fr that's, it is just hilarious. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And I thank my parents, Adolph and Mary Doolin, for exposing uh, me and my brothers and sisters to the business at, at you know, at an early age. Um, because, you know, my, my father always believed in entrepreneurship. And he always wanted us to own our own businesses. And, uh, you know, that's something that I've done for the last 30 years. And it's been very rewarding to me. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot out of it. Got another phone call to get to. We're off to Mobile this time. Jesse's called in today. Good morning, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Good morning. How's it going? Doing Fantastic. Good. How are you today? It's sunny and 70-ish, so it's going great over here. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you have for us today? Quick point on the fellowship with food and family. When Jesus picked breakfast for his disciples on the beach <laughs> so that a certain disciple would have that same smell of smoke and fire the last time he saw his master and he betrayed him before they caught crows, he'd smell that again. And we all know that smell is the strongest memory trigger. So from the last time... To the reinitiation, he'd smell smoke and remember what he'd done, and then they'd have breakfast together and he'd be forgiven. That wraps the food in with the fellowship. Also, mm. be sure and bring your guests up to speed on waggy beef and the sweet potatoes that are in your area. He needs to pack up and take some things back. Okay. <laughs> Waggy beef. Oh, my gosh. You have got to try it. Mm. It is a Japanese beef. Okay. And uh, we is actually uh, a family right here in Mississippi uh -huh. uh, that has a butcher shop. Right. With the most amazing beef that you've ever, ever tasted in your entire life. It is tender. It is, it is beautiful to look at. I mean, it's marbleized perfectly. So thank you for that, Jesse. And he mentioned uh, memories of smell and childhood and food and fellowship. But he's absolutely right. I don't, I'm not too sure about the biblical part, you know, but in terms of memory of you know, growing up, I can remember my grandfather literally setting a fire and creating ashes in the wintertime, Greg, so he could put sweet potatoes in the ashes. Oh, boy. And he would bake them that way. So the house smelled like these amazing sweet potatoes. And then when, once they were done, he would pull them out of the ashes and we would have... Uh, home-baked sweet potatoes baked in the ash. And, and I can't explain to you the way cooking them that way makes the potato taste. And so there are times when I smell certain things that it brings my memory back to 
childhood. And so, or it's the same thing with my mama making a sweet potato pie. And I think I shared that with you. My mother is literally a sweet potato pie queen. It is just incredible. So there are, their food is so impressionable in our brains that it brings us joy. It reminds us of when we fall in love or have our first child and, you know, this bar mitzvahs and those kinds of things going on in our lives. Even until the time that we leave, food is a very, very important part of that. And, and to make it in such a way that people will say it's soulful, to me, it's just beautiful. Wow. Very nice. Kudos, by the way, to Jesse. He referenced two of our previous shows, as we mentioned. Uh, the Wacky Beef comes from the Flora Butcher, who we had on the show. And also, uh, we had a sweet potato farmer on. So, uh, great food here. And, 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 and again, kudos to Jesse for keeping track and, and tuning in every week. We certainly appreciate everybody listening uh, to the program each Monday morning. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, Greg, you mentioned that kind of you've gone and, and been to soul food places across the country. I'm wondering, uh, each one might have a different take, sort of a regional difference. Tell us a little bit about maybe some of the different experiences as you've had in different parts of the country? Well, remarkably, things are pretty similar. Um, you know, um, the method of service. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned some restaurants that I visited in Atlanta just a couple of days ago. Uh, a cafeteria-style environment is usually how surf, soul food is, is served up, uh, unless it's in a fancier restaurant where, you know, it's table service and white tablecloths and you know, same food, but just dressed up a bit. But the food, the taste is pretty, pretty similar. Uh, there may be a little twist on the recipe here or a twist on the recipe there, but you always find the basics, fried chicken, collard greens, mac and cheese, black eyed peas, except in New Orleans. New Orleans is different. Uh, you don't see a lot of collard greens on the menu in New Orleans. Uh, you don't see a lot of uh, yams and, 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 and black eyed peas in New Orleans. And so that 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 was something that that kind of surprised me. But, uh, you know, from New York to Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., the method of service and the menu is pretty similar. And uh, the taste is a little different depending on the cook. But uh, the food is uh, is always good. I think uh, Timothy uh, can testify to this. I think what happens in New Orleans with their food is that there is more of a Cajun and French uh, influence on the mm-hmm. style of cooking, the Geechee styles of cooking. And so you're going to have, uh, you know, more of the seafood uh, staples that are added in your shrimp mm-hmm. and your crawfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the home of emerald. And so it's the, the culture is uh, very flavorful, uh, the same as the food. But it's also very soulful in a sense because mm-hmm. it's like music and art and it just kind of flows and it makes you want to come back and just be there and be comfortable in that space. I went to New Orleans a couple of years ago. Years ago, in three and a half days, I ate in about 14 restaurants, and I took a class at the New Orleans School of Cooking. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that, though. <laughs> you know, you, you uh, gave us a, a menu card here, and Deborah mentioned some of the things earlier, but I want to repeat this because this is such good stuff. Fried and baked chicken, smothered chicken, fried or baked fish, meatloaf, smothered pork chop, a vegetable plate, oxtail, short ribs, the sides, collard greens, steamed cabbage, candied yams, cornbread dressing, red beans, steamed rice, mashed potatoes. It goes on and on and on. And then the picture on the front. So this is, it, it looks like it's a, a kind of the buffet where people kind of pick out and they can see uh, the, the food there and just can and pick out their sides, that sort of thing. Exactly. And, you know, like I mentioned, uh, the traditional soul food restaurant is a cafeteria style mm-hmm. restaurant. You know, soul food is not fast food. It's not food that's cooked fast. It's, it's, it's cooked slow. And it actually does better when it's 
when it sits and it, you know, marinates and it sauces and juices and things like that. And so typically you'll see soul food served in a cafeteria style setting. Uh, and, and you'll see that from coast to coast. Um, the beautiful thing is the customer can come up and they can look at the food and they, and they say, oh, you know, they do this every time. Oh, my God, that looks good. That looks good. <laughs> and they just sort of point to what they want. And at Doolin's on Crenshaw and all our restaurants in Los Angeles, we give healthy portions. And they really, really like that. And, you know, it just works. Uh, it, this, the uh, cafeteria line helps the line move a little, you know, a little faster. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just love it. And it's very colorful. That's that's one of the things, you know, it's very, very colorful. So it's beautiful. So let me help Frank out with the healthy portions. He does not mean healthy. He means that means it's a big server. <laughs> so everybody's happy. <laughs> that's that's Southern hospitality. There Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, Deborah and I talk about this a lot. And, and you mentioned the the visual appearance. And to me, that's that's part of of good food is that the the colors, uh, in addition to the taste, the colors and smells go along with it. So I can imagine having it out there. And it, as you say, it, people just be able to look at it and pick out what they want. As you walk up to the restaurant, you can smell the food cooking. You can smell the food cooking. And and we purposely have a pot of greens cooking all day because you can really smell the greens, you know, <laughs> down the block. And, you know, my neighbors talk about it all the time. And, uh, you know, southern food, it just smells great when it's cooking. And uh, it's visually beautiful. Now, one of the things I remember uh, to Kevin about my grandmother in the kitchen cooking these amazing Southern meals is that she's always singing. And uh, and it was really amazing to see her, you know, stirring in a pot and there's some spiritual song that she's singing. And so it's, it really is just that. It's pouring your soul into the food and praying over it and thinking about your family and thinking about the fact my grandmother had 13 children. She needed to sing and pray while she was cooking because I need to feed these beautiful babies that I have and they lived on a farm and they didn't have much they lived literally in a uh, three room shanty it was uh, and I've talked about that before on the show it's a tin roof you could see down through the floor you could see the chickens running under the house and so to raise all those children without uh, any assistance other than the fact that we farmed we worked hard and we took care of ourselves but they made the food so amazing kevin that we didn't know we were poor growing up and i think that's the wonderful thing of what food can do for for you it can take you to a place especially when you got your family sitting around the table when greg and i talked about that yesterday people have gotten so far removed from that spending time with your children sitting down and talking to your husband or your wife at the dinner table brings such great value and having delicious food on top of that i mean you can't lose that way we need to take a final break when we get back we've got some callers on the line but as we go out i forgot to mention the desserts and that uh, excuse me and i can't believe i forgot to but peach cobbler banana pudding sweet potato pie among some other things man that is some good eating <laughs> we will yeah. be back to wrap up east south dining after this final break podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with West Coast chef and restaurateur Greg Doolin of Doolin on Crenshaw. He serves up soul food to the lucky folks in Los Angeles, and he's here in the South uh, sampling some soul food and probably getting a lot of great ideas to take back with him. We've got some phone calls on the line, but uh, Greg, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but our producer can hear us when we're talking between the breaks, and he was real impressed with what you said. So share with us again how personal this trip is for you. Well, um, this is uh, more than I expected. Um, it, uh, you know, soul food doesn't get the just do that it deserves. It doesn't get the recognition that it deserves. And, uh, you know, often, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll have the magazines in, in, in Los Angeles talk about the dif- different cuisines and, and the different restaurants, but the soul food restaurants are never mentioned. Uh, soul food in general is never mentioned. And it's just something that uh, I think needs to change. And so to be here having an entire radio show devoted to Southern cooking and soul food in general is just it's just heartwarming and heartfelt for me. And, you know, I am not from the South. Uh, my parents are from the Northeast, uh, have lived more of my life in the South than others. So I'm kind of a late comer to it. But, boy, I've I've really taken to it. And, and I think if if you asked the 12-year-old me, here, have this, some of these black-eyed peas. I would have gone, there, But now I'm like, bring them on there. So <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good food. It really, really is good food. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll start in Beaumont. Sue is on the line. Good morning, Sue. Hey, Hi, Sue. Good morning. Wonderful. Uh, we, we don't call it soul food. It's just a good country restaurant. Exactly. Yeah, there. They had fried chicken. I, I concentrated on the fried chicken, the cornbread dressing, and the rutabagas and the sweet potato pie. It, as soon as they bring out rutabagas, they were gone. Because they were <laughs> in line to get those. And on Tuesdays, they have uh, fried green tomatoes, and people wait in line oh, for boy. that. But fried green tomatoes. It's a very popular restaurant, and they also have good iced tea. But, I mean, all they had, I mean, I ignored the greens and dumplings and peach cobbler just to eat rutabagas. It <laughs> 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 must be good, but I just thought I'd recommend Aunt Jenny's in Loosedale, Mississippi. All right. Oh. Thank you so much, Sue. We'll have to put that on the list. Thanks for the call, Sue. Uh, Let's move on. We've got uh, Edgar on the line from Jackson. Good morning, Edgar. Hey, Edgar. Good morning. morning. What do you have for us? Well, you know, I was very happy to hear the guests uh, make reference to uh, Aunt Kizzy's uh, porch because my wife and I have been there. Oh, boy. We have two sons who live in in the L.A. area, and they took us there. And, man, what a pleasant surprise to get that kind of good uh, southern cooking. And we were extremely pleased. And we also found that uh, there was at one time uh, there was a black woman neurosurgeon who was selling her jewelry at Aunt Kizzy's porch. Yeah. Uh, my dad, uh, you know, he would uh, open it up. He he believed in promoting other small business owners. And, and oftentimes he would let folks come into the restaurant and sell their product. And boy, you've made my day mentioning the fact that you've been on Kizzy's back porch. Wasn't it wonderful? Oh man, it was out of sight. <laughs> Not only because of the food, but this young lady who was one, uh, two, one of only two black uh, neurosurgeons in the United States is a graduate of Tougaloo College. Yeah, right. Right. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Oh, how fantastic well, is and, that? And uh, Kizzy's so was famous. And, mm-hmm. and so we, I just we just wanted to 
mention that and uh, welcome you to Mississippi, man. Man, I am joining. I'm at some point today. I'm going to go down and take a picture in front of the Mississippi River, and I'm going <laughs> to eat lots of soul food today. And I guess I'm going to get some waggy beef and a pig ear <laughs> sandwich. I'm doing it all, man. And he's going to see Tougaloo's <laughs> campus today as well. Tougaloo's so, campus. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing it all. All right. Tougaloo, fantastic. But my, my wife and I graduates of Tougaloo. We were married on the campus 61 years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Congratulations. Thanks for the call, Edgar. Good to hear from you. Uh, we've got uh, Mikey on the line from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, girl. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm glad to hear that you're going to try the pig ear sandwich um, <laughs> because that was one of the things I was going to say. It's like, uh, And I'm so glad that Deborah mentioned the, uh, the singing in the kitchen. I was, I was so lucky to work with some ladies in uh, Washington, D.C., um, uh, she was a shop steward. <laughs> she actually ran the whole place. Um, and also the, the kitchen manager. And this lady could sing gospel like you've never heard. Now, I was supposed to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, these ladies were incredible um, and incredible with soul food. So anyway, it goes everywhere. And I just wanted to mention that North Carolina, she had cooked for the governor of North Carolina before. That hadn't been brought up. So Wow. But I read this wonderful book. That I'd like to recommend, and particularly for not not this Frank, who is going to eat the pig ear sandwich. I'm glad you're going to try it, man. I, I think I'm going to eat around the edges of the pig ear sandwich. I don't know if I'm going to take a, a big bite, but I'll eat around the edges. <laughs> Look, Mikey, once, once he smells it, he's going to be in for the go. I mean, seriously, it's like Bacon's first cousin. How could you say no to that, right? Okay, but read this book. It's, it's by Margaret Visser, V-I-S-S-E-R, called The Rituals of Dinner. The Origins, Evolution, Eccentricities, and Meaning of Table Manners. Oh, it's boy. incredible. Uh, she's an English author, um, and I bought it at a discount store okay. for an incredible price. Um, it, it will open your eyes in ways you've never seen before. And thank you so much for the good work y'all do. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank good you very much. Mikey. Um, so, uh, Greg, uh, pretty much a stable uh, menu. Do you ever have specials, or is it pretty much just the tried and true stuff? Tried and true. You know, um, we get customers that come in, uh, new customers that come in all the time who are there for the first time. And we, we, the menu pretty much doesn't change. There's certain staples in the soul food uh, uh, menu uh, that, you know, folks are looking for. And we just cook the same things over and over again. And our cooks have gotten to the point where they can almost cook the food blindfolded. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, that's the thing about soul food. There, you know, from coast to coast, there are certain menu items that fall into the soul food category. And we just focus on being experts at preparing those particular items. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you have a favorite menu item? Uh, I I have a few, All right. but uh, uh, my customers don't believe this, but I actually eat meatloaf just about every day. Mm. Small piece, but I love the meatloaf, and I love, love, love the smothered chicken. Smothered chicken and rice. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, yeah. That's always a wonderful comfort meal. And then last night, Miss Deborah here made some black-eyed pea soup. Now, why'd she have to go and do that? <laughs> she made some black-eyed pea soup. With some brown sugar cornbread. Mm-hmm. 
And then she put the black eyed pea soup in a bowl and she took the cornbread muffin and dropped it in the soup. <laughs> it was it was over. It was over. <laughs> see, you you know how we get uh, we get spoiled every Monday and they, you Yeah, know. man, I, I I see why everybody's so happy when she comes into work. <laughs> and that's why we're so she was a little bit late this morning. Y'all were up talking uh, to our executive director. We were a little bit worried not only for her safety and everything, but we're like they we're, were just hungry. For food. <laughs> you guys have selfish motives, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's gonna wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman and our call screener today, I think uh, Jason did and Debbie did as well. So for Deborah Hunter and our guest, Greg Doolin, I'm Kevin Farrell inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.